Good morning, everybody. Glad that you're here today. Thanks for coming out in the cold. Now, if you're from up north, this isn't cold, right? It is. <laughs> A few people, yes, you've been in Florida long enough. Your blood has thinned out, and this has now become cold. Well, glad that you're here with us today. I just want to start by talking just a moment about that video that you just saw. The reality for all of us, if you are a Christ follower, is that God wants you to become more like Jesus. So that's God's goal for all of us. His goal every day for you when you wake up is for you to become a little bit more like Jesus. One of the primary ways that we can do that is when we serve. Jesus came to earth and he came to serve us. And it just, it blows my mind every time I think about that because God in the flesh, Jesus had every right to show up on planet earth and demand that we serve him. And he didn't do that. He showed up here and he said, listen, I'm going to serve you. Let me show you how to serve the world. Let me show you how to love people that are not like you. Let me show you how to interact with a world that's desperately in need of love. And so he modeled for us beautifully what it means for us to become more like Jesus. And one of the ways that we grow the most in that, one of the ways that we grow the most to be more like Jesus is through this thing called serving. Now, last week, I had the great privilege of serving in our children's area. We had Tim, our pastor of spiritual development, out here teaching. So that freed me up to serve in our kids' area. And I told my wife, who runs our children's ministry, listen, I'm open wherever you need me. And she said, the nursery. And I went, whoa, like no poopy diapers, I hope. And she didn't have me do any of that. But I got to hold some little babies. It was so great. And you know, guys, I don't know if this is weird or not, but I like little babies. Like they're great. Once they start talking, not so much. But when they're little and you can hold them tight and like fall asleep with them, it's so great. So I got to be back there with, with some of our kids. And I got to tell you, we've got some cute kids back there. Now, you all are doing a great job of making some cute kids and growing our church from the inside. I mean, it's really, there were like kids everywhere back there. Not sure if you know it or not, but we have about 100 children uh, every Sunday in our two services back in our children's area. So amazing group of kids. And we've got some amazing volunteers back there that, that pour their lives out every Sunday, invest in our children. It's not about childcare. If you drop a kid back there off, it's not about, hey, let's just watch the clock until mom or dad comes to get you. No, they pour into our kids and they invest in them. They teach them what it means to have a strong relationship with the creator of the universe. And they do that at age-appropriate levels. They do an amazing job. It was, it was such an honor to be back there last week and to watch some of our volunteers. I mean, I love being around our volunteers, wherever they are, wherever they are serving. And so I want to encourage you to grow in your faith by getting active in this thing called serving. It, around your seat should have been a card like this. I ask you to grab that for just a moment. Take a look at some of the areas that we have available for you to get active here at Epic. If you look at, on the one side where it's got the list of our serving opportunities, we've got a prep team. There is a team, believe it or not, this, this uh, facility doesn't look like this all week long. 
this is used for a middle school cafeteria, this room specifically, and then the rooms we use for our children's areas, our classrooms. So there's a team that comes in early. They come in at 7 o'clock, and they set this place up. And then after the second service, there's a team that tears it all down and puts it all away. So there's a, a lot of, of man hours that go into setting it up and tearing it down. We'd love to have more people connected on our prep team. Uh, we have a, a great tech team that runs all the, the sound and videos and lights and projectors and, and sets up. We'd love If you've got like a knack for that kind of stuff, love to have you connected with them back there. Our connections team does a great job of inviting people in from the parking lot to our coffee, to our connection center, to our t-shirt area. They do a great job of creating an environment where, where people are welcomed, where people are welcomed in. We'd love to have more people on that team. And then you see our, our children's ministry as well that I just talked about. Our student ministry surge. Love to have more people active in investing in middle school and high school students. Now, there is a place around here for everyone. If you call this your church home, I really think God wants you to get active in serving through this local church. And there's a spot for you. If you're not sure where to, to start, I'll just pick nursery for you, okay? So you like pick something so you don't get the nursery. Um, well, that sounded really terrible, didn't? Because the nursery's great and we've got some great nursery people back there. So scratch that, please, from the podcast. Um, so I'd love for you to just take that card, just pray through that, read through it, and select uh, a, an area that you'd like to get active in serving. And you could actually drop that stuff off back at our Connection Center and talk to Angie. So just go talk to Angie. She'll help you get connected in uh, serving here at Epic. Now, if you would, let's just pause for a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to dive into our message for today. God, I thank you for coming to earth, Jesus, and modeling for us so beautifully what it means to serve and Lord, it's so easy for us as Christ followers to learn about serving, to learn about what it means to be in a relationship with you, and yet to forget to do some of the very practical things that you've shown us, that you really want us to live this stuff. You really want us to serve other people. You want us to serve at home. You want us to serve at work. You want us to serve in our families. You want us to serve when we're at school. And Lord, I really believe you want us to serve here through this local church. Lord, I really believe that the local church is the hope of the world. Local churches are your number one plan to redeem the world. And so you ask us to be heavily involved in what you're doing in communities through local churches. So Lord, I thank you for the amazing volunteers that we have here at Epic. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to grow them, grow them in their faith. Lord, grow us in our numbers and our ability to make an impact in this community. Lord, I pray also today that you would guide us as we wrap up this series on judgment. Lord, help us to really see and hear what you want us to see and hear in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, today we are wrapping up our series on judging other people. And in this series, what we've been doing is talking about when is it appropriate and when is it not appropriate for us to judge other people. And if you're new with us, you might think, well, I thought we were like never supposed to judge anybody. 
We hear that in our world all the time. You know, don't judge anybody ever. We hear that in church world as well, that we're never supposed to judge people. And so what do we do instead? We talk about people behind their backs, right? Because that's not judgmental. So we say stuff like, you know, can you believe what he did? You know, can you believe what she said? We would never want to, you know, say that directly to those people, confront them directly, because again, that would be judgmental. And none of us want to be judgmental. But as we've learned in this series, there are times that God wants us to confront other people. There are times that God says, listen, I really want you to confront someone else and their behavior. And we've got to understand the appropriate times for that and the appropriate people that God wants us to do that with. But as we'll see today, it is wrong for us to watch somebody walk down a path away from God and us not do something about that and us not say something. So it's, it's wrong. It's actually considered sin for us to watch somebody walk away from God and us not do something about that. Now, as a way of quick recap, for those who may not have been a part of this series, in week number one, Jesus told us that we need to deal with our stuff before we ever try to deal with somebody else's stuff. So we're really good at like picking stuff out in other people's lives that's broken. You know, we, we love to point that out in everybody else's world, but Jesus says, listen, your responsibility is to figure out what's broken in you before you try to figure out what's broken in someone else. Do that first before you ever go try to talk to them about anything. Then last week, Tim did a great job of handling a very difficult passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He did a great job of handling this passage where the author of this passage, Paul, is talking to a church in Corinth and he's challenging them saying, listen, there's somebody in your church that's living way outside of God's design and you need to confront them. You need to point them back towards Jesus. So it was a heavy passage and Tim did an amazing job with that. Tim also did an amazing job with his dance moves. Not sure if you were here for that, but he had a little Gangnam style uh, thing going on. It was really cool. He's got some fans. So just in case you missed that, you know, I tell you, you never should miss church because you never know what's going to happen when you come to church. Well, uh, Tim, that was actually Tim teaching our student uh, leader, Cody Anderson, uh, some dance moves. You can see like, like Tim really likes to dance circles around people. So that's, that's what Tim is doing. If you want some dance moves to uh, learn from Tim, he's got a, a YouTube page called Pastor Tim Busts a Gangnam Style Move. So just check that out <laughs> later today. All right, let me get back on track. I apologize for that detour. Well, we learned last week, as Tim taught us through 1 Corinthians chapter 5, that God expects us to judge people who are Christ followers. We're supposed to judge people who are inside the church, not people who are outside the church. And we'll see that echoed again today in our message. Tim reminded us also that our primary responsibility is to speak truth to people who are in our circle of influence. So it's people that we're in relationship with, people that we're in family with, people that we know, people that we're in small group with, people that we go to church with, people that we work with, people that we go to school with, people that are Christ followers that are in that context that we have a relationship with. So we're not supposed to just go pick some random person out there that we think's a, a Christ follower and judge them for not living according to God's standards. 
It's in the context of relationships that, again, we're going to see today. Now, when it comes to judging others or confronting other people, most of us don't want anything to do with that. I mean, in reality, most of us are just really shy away from that. We hide behind statements like, I don't want to be judgmental. You know, who am I to confront somebody else about their stuff? You know, it's really none of my business. I hear that all the time. Somebody will tell me a story, a scenario of someone veering off track with God, and they'll say, it's really none of my business. And I think we'll see today that it really is our business to help people stay on track with God. I think sometimes we think that if we don't judge someone else, then we're not responsible to help them clean up their mess. We're not responsible to help them clean up the stuff that they've created in their life, like the bad stuff that has led them there, then we're not responsible. If we don't confront, if we just kind of you know, close a blind eye to that, kind of look another direction, then we don't have to help them clean up their mess. I mean, who has time for that, right? Who has time to help somebody else clean up their mess? Because we, we've got enough on our plates cleaning up our mess. But I, I think we'll see today that it's one of the most important things that we can do is help somebody else deal with their stuff. Now, other times, I think we hide behind this fear that this other person's going to get mad at us. And we don't want somebody else upset at us. So, so we would rather watch someone walk down a lonely, destructive road away from God than to lovingly confront them about the stuff that's going on in their world. And, and that's wrong of us. It's wrong of us to go, you know, I, like, I really don't want to confront someone because they might get mad at me. It may not go well. Here's the reality. It probably won't go well, at least at first. I mean, it probably won't go really well right away. And we're all pretty defensive. Anytime someone wants to confront us about something, our normal reaction is usually defensiveness at first. But hopefully, prayerfully, that person or us will listen and turn, and get on a new path in our relationship with God. I pointed out something on several occasions to a friend of mine one time. It was over an extended period of time, and, and when we would talk, I'd, I'd point something out and say, listen, like, I really feel like you're off path here. Like, I really think you're off track. And how my friend decided to respond to that it was he decided to walk out of our friendship. He said, listen, I don't want to hear that from you anymore, and walked away for several years. And just to be honest, it was painful. It was not fun. It was not fun in that moment to, to bring that stuff up. It was not fun how he reacted. It was not fun when he walked away. And then several years later, he called and said, I need to apologize to you. Like for the past few years, I've been walking a path that has, has led me away from the God that I love. And God has used your words to echo in my mind, to point me regularly back to him. Thank you for speaking truth to me. That was a difficult thing to walk through. I'm so glad, though, that I spoke truth to my friend. I'm so glad that I did that, even though it was hard. I'm glad I did that in that moment. Beyond that, I am glad that people speak truth to me. I'm glad that there are people around me that love me enough to at times go, hey, time out, Trent. I think you're like a little bit off path there. Like I need to like lovingly confront you about that. I've had several people in my life that have spoken some very hard truth to me that I am so grateful for because it's helped me become more like Jesus. 
Now, at first, was I defensive? Yes, I was. At first, did I listen? No, I didn't. But I'm so glad they were courageous enough to speak to me that way, to help me get back on track with God. And I'm just curious, anybody here, would you be honest enough to say, you know what, someone has spoken truth to me in a moment that I was off track with God, and I'm glad they did. Anybody grateful for that? Very cool, very cool. I'm glad you have friends like that, and I hope that all of us get friends like that. The Bible teaches that wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. True friends will speak truth to you. Your true friends will not tell you what you want to hear, but will tell you what you need to hear. They'll speak that appropriate truth at that appropriate time. I'm so glad that I have friends like that. I'm so glad that you've got friends like that as well. Now, another reason that I think that we don't want to confront other people is that there are moments that we think, if I don't confront someone else, then no one else has the right to confront me. There are moments that we are on our own path away from God, and we really don't want to be on anybody's radar. We don't want anybody really speaking truth to us because like, we're on that road that somebody else is on, and in and, and that moment, we don't want to hear. We don't want to listen. And so there are moments we hide behind that. Well, I'm just not going to say anything to anybody else, and then that means no one else has the right to say anything to me. But God doesn't want us wrapped up in any of those excuses. God doesn't want us hiding behind any of those things. God wants us to take an honest look at our own lives, to take an honest look at other people's lives, and allow other people to speak truth to us. Now, today we're going to dive into some more of the hows of lovingly confronting other Christ followers. So if you would, grab a Bible and turn over to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. If you need a Bible, we have paperback Bibles at the back of each seating section. I encourage you to get up and grab one of those. We'll also have the verses come up on the screen. If you have um, that on your phone, the Bible on your phone, feel free to bring that up as well. Now, this book of Galatians that we're going to look at here in in chapter 6, it was written by the Apostle Paul, the guy that wrote the letter last week that we looked at as Tim was teaching through 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And Paul wrote this letter to churches in an area in the Middle East known as Galatia. So that was modern-day Turkey. So if you know where Turkey is, it was in that general area. And in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on to the right path. So Paul starts off by saying, if another believer is overcome by some sin. Now, that's echoing what we learned last week. So we should confront other believers, other Christ followers, other people who say they want to become more like Jesus. Again, we're not supposed to confront people outside the church for not living up to Christ's standards. They didn't agree to that. They didn't agree to live by those standards, so we're not supposed to be walking around judging people by not living by Christ's standards if they have not said those are standards that they want to live by. Now, here's an illustration of that in athletic terms. Let's say that we as a church have decided that our favorite game is basketball, and we are going to play basketball. Anybody like basketball in here? 
Any basketball fans? All right, so let's just say for in our context, in this illustration this morning, we as Epic Church in Flagler County, our game is basketball. We're going to live by those rules. We're going to play by those rules. Everybody understands there are certain rules in basketball that we are just going to, to live by. We call out of bounds if somebody you know, has the ball and steps out of bounds. We're going to call fouls if somebody else elbows another player in the face, unless you're Dennis Rodman, something like that. There are certain rules that define the game of basketball. Certain rules that we say, you know what? These are the rules we agree to play by. We're all going to follow these rules. Now, let's just say for illustration purposes that people outside of Epic Church in our county, people that are not connected with another church in our area, that are not Christ followers, let's just say that they have decided to play the game of football. There are different rules for football than basketball. There are certain things that you can do in football that you can't do in basketball. Like it's really not okay to come and tackle the person with the ball when you're playing basketball. Like it's really okay in football for that to happen. But here's what happens in church world. Often Christians go out and call fouls on people in the world who are not playing the same game, who have agreed to play a different game Like, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to go out and and blow our whistle and call foul on someone who's playing football when we have agreed to play the sport of basketball. God wants us to lovingly confront people who've agreed to play the same game that we're playing. So people who've agreed to follow the rules that we are following as Christ followers. So if you are not a Christ follower today and, and you're here just maybe checking Christianity out maybe for the first time or checking it out again, the next time a Christ follower wants to judge you for not following or not living up to God's standards, I want you to say, listen, I would really like it if you would go home and read Galatians chapter six and 1 Corinthians chapter five because it's clear you're not supposed to judge me. Okay, And then when you say that, their mind's going to be blown because you just challenged them with the Bible. All right, And in that moment, you know a little bit more about them than they do about the Bible. So if that's you in that context, feel free to use Galatians chapter 6 and 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So we have to be very clear who God wants us to judge and who God does not want us to judge. Then Paul adds to that by telling us to confront someone else, a Christ follower, who has been overcome by some sin issue. So it's a sin issue that Paul's talking about here in this context. It's not a pet peeve issue. This isn't a chance for us to say, you know, I really don't like how you styled your hair today. You know, it's not all that nice. Or you really shouldn't wear the color yellow because it's not flattering to, to your complexion. I mean, that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about when someone else in our circle of influence has been overcome by a sin issue that a sin issue has grabbed a hold of their life and is taking them away from their relationship with God, is leading them down a path away from God. Now, the reality is, like, they're heavily involved in that. They're not an innocent victim here. But they've allowed this to happen. And through some choices that they've made, they're on a path away from God. Well, God wants us to do something, not to just sit and watch, not to talk about them behind their backs, not to ignore their behavior, but God wants us to do something. Now, the next part of that verse says, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. 
Now, here's where most of us sigh a big sigh of relief and, oh, great, Paul must be talking about somebody else because I'm not godly. I don't know a whole lot of people who think they are godly, and if you do, you're probably not, okay? So the godly that Paul is referring to here in this moment are people who are honest about their own lives, people who are working hard to stay on track with God. Now, the reality is we all veer off track with God. We all have this tendency to wander away from the God who loves us. So when we're in that moment where we're off track with God, we're in no place to confront somebody else about their lives. We're in no place to say, hey, let me help you deal with that issue in your life. God wants us to deal with the issue that's in our lives. But when we are on track with God, when we are on path with him, when we are honest about our own lives, those are the moments that we become the perfect candidates to talk to someone else who's off track with God. So here's what we do in those moments. Paul says, listen, here's what you do. If you see somebody else who's off track with God and you're on track with God, you should tell them all the things that they're doing wrong. Tell them they're going to hell if they don't change. Paul doesn't say that. Even though you may want to do that, even though you may feel like you want to say that, Paul doesn't say that. Paul says, you should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. So gently and humbly, not with pride or arrogance or anger, but with large amounts of grace and humility. Paul said in Ephesians 4.15 that we should speak the truth in love to others. So if there's not this love coming out of you in this moment of, of confronting someone else, if you're not humble and gentle, then you need to take a look inside. Go, God, what's in me that's, that's keeping me from being in that right place so that I can talk to that person in the way that you want me to do that? Now, the reason that gentleness and humility are so important is the next part of this verse where Paul says, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So if we're not careful, if we're not taking an honest look inside, if we're not humble and gentle, we could fall into the exact same sin that this other person is dealing with or a sin that is very similar. So humility and gentleness keep us in a position of, of speaking honestly to someone else, saying, listen, as I watch your life and I see you off track with God, I could be in your place. If I was in your, your life, if I was walking your shoes, if I was making some of the same decisions that you made, I could be in your exact same spot because none of us are above making some really stupid decision. None of us. We all are just like one stupid decision away from being in a really bad place. So humility and gentleness keep us in that, that proper position to say, listen, I understand that I could be in your spot. So Paul says, be careful, be very careful as you do this. Now, in verse two, Paul says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. So there are burdens that people are carrying in this world that God does not want them to carry alone. There are burdens that you might be carrying this morning that God wants someone else to come alongside you and help you shoulder that and help you carry that. So will you allow someone else to do that in your world? This, this verse says it's a law thing. 
That's a law where it's not a suggestion that God says, hey, here's a good suggestion for you. No, this is a law thing where, where God says, hey, part of what it means to be one of my followers means that you'll help other people with their stuff. You'll help other people with their, their junk in their lives, the burdens that they carry. And yes, that also means helping them deal with sin issues, helping them clean up their lives from sin issues. Again, that's what we're talking about in the context of this verse. This is when someone's been overtaken by some sin issue. So you might ask, does that mean that, that we, I might have to like step into someone else's mess and get kind of messy? Yes, that's what it means. Like you might actually have to get your work clothes on, get your work boots on, get some gloves on, and like step into their world and get a little messy on the journey of helping them clean up their lives. Now, you might ask, does it mean that I have to allow them to hurt me? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Sometimes the most loving thing to do for someone else in that moment is to draw a boundary there for them and speak real truth to them and draw a real clear boundary uh, that says, hey, this, this is okay in our relationship. This is not okay in our relationship. It's, it's actually a form of helping them. It's a way to help them grow to be more like Jesus and look in the mirror. But God wants us to do everything that we possibly can to help someone else get back on track with him. Everything we possibly can. Now, if they uh, say, listen, I don't want your help. Get out of my face. And that's their responsibility. Our responsibility is to speak truth and extend a hand and leave it at that. And if they take it, great. If they don't, that, again, is their issue. Now, in verse 3, Paul speaks some bold truth to all of us. Listen to this. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. That's some heavy truth from Paul this morning. Like, if we look at somebody else's world and go, like, I I don't have time for all that. I'm not going to waste my time dealing with their garbage. Paul goes, like, "You're, you're not that important to even say that. You have a responsibility to help people grow to be more like Jesus. And here's what I recommend as a result of this series that we've been in. If you've missed the past two messages, I encourage you to go to our iTunes account and download those or go to our website and listen to those and and really apply some of the stuff that we're talking about here. But I encourage you to be courageous enough to help others other Christ followers to stay on track with God. Refuse to hide behind excuses. Refuse to hide behind fear of what someone else might think. I mean, just commit that I'm gonna live my life helping other people with love and gentleness and humility and, and being courageous enough to speak that truth in love. I'm not just gonna stand there and watch somebody walk away from God. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna say something. Now, for some of you, this morning, I know you've got someone in your life right now that you know you need to confront. There's a real issue. There's a real person. And you know it. Like, you need to do something today. You need to go and make a call. You need to go visit this person. You need to write a letter or send an email or whatever context that, that God wants you to do that. But will you be courageous enough to say something to them? Or will you just allow them to drift away from the God who passionately loves them. What will you do in the context of your relationship there? Now, I want to switch roles for just a moment. Let's say you're the person that's off track with God. Let's say you're the person that, that is in that spot, you know, kind of looking you know, away from God's path, and you don't really want anybody to speak truth to you. 
What will you do if someone comes up and talks to you today? What if someone here says, you know, like, you're the person I want to talk to. You're the person I'm going to call. How will you interact with that? Will you listen? Will you get beyond your defensiveness as quick as possible? I mean, I know you'll be defensive. I get it. I do that. But will you get beyond it as quick as possible? And will you say, you know, I just want to hear. Might there be some truth in what you're saying? Might I be off track with God? And will you be courageous enough to be honest about your life and to get back on track with God? Will you commit to to never say to someone, you don't have the right to judge me? If they're Christ followers, if they're in your circle of influence, not only do they have the right to judge you, they have a responsibility to lovingly confront you and to help you stay on track with God. And when you stand before a holy God and look into his eyes, you'll be so thankful that that person spoke truth. You'll be so thankful. You'll be grateful for all of eternity for that person being courageous enough to speak truth to you. Now, my hope and prayer for all of us as a church is that we will take this stuff seriously, that we will really learn how to apply this stuff in the context of our relationships and how we interact with the world around us. I hope that, that we won't just listen to this and then just kind of you know, let it drift in our world. I hope that we'll all commit to learn how to speak truth in love to other people with all grace, all gentleness, all humility, and all the courage that we can muster. But they, we will commit to speak truth as truth needs to be spoken because confronting other people is sometimes the most loving thing that we can do for someone. It's way more loving than talking behind their back. It's way more loving than ignoring their behavior and allowing them to walk down a road away from God. Now, God has some very important things to say about this subject that we haven't hit all in this series so far. In the Bible, God talks about how do you confront someone who's done something wrong to you? Like they've personally hurt you. Like how do you deal with that? And then what do you do if they won't listen to you? You go and talk to them. How do you handle it if they just ignore you? Like like there's a plan in the Bible for that that's modeled for us so that we really need to follow. What do you do if you're the one that has hurt someone else? whether intentionally or unintentionally, but you know, like, hey, somebody else has really been hurt by you. What do you do with that? That is explained in the Bible. Now, to help us dig deeper in this, I've put together a a spiritual growth challenge for us for today, something that we do most Sundays, maybe not every Sunday, but most Sundays we have a spiritual growth challenge that goes along with the message, the verses that we're looking at, some other questions to dig a little deeper in the subject. And you can pick up a copy of that back at our Connection Center today, a hard copy of that, or you can go online to our website at theepicchurch.com and look under our resources tab, and you can get one of those there as well. Now, as I close out this morning, I'm just going to pray for us in just a moment, and then our worship team is going to come out, and they're going to lead us through this song called Rescue. And the reality is that we all have been on that path away from God. We all have needed God to rescue us. Romans 5.8 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that moment that we were the farthest away from God that we could possibly get, God did something. He didn't just look. He didn't just watch. He did something. He got active. He stepped into our world. He sent Jesus to die so we could get back on track with God. He came to rescue us. And so God asks us as followers of his to help rescue 
other people. Like, like we're a part of his team. We're a part of his rescue team to go help people get back on track with God. Will you do that today? Will you join God's rescue team and rescue people in need? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for rescuing me. Lord, in moments that I have drifted far from you, in moments, Lord, that you've sent uh, a powerful verse to speak truth to me, you, sp- you sent a courageous person to speak truth to me. Lord, I'm grateful that Jesus, you left the splendor of heaven to come here to earth to rescue us. And that you, in turn, ask us not to just sit and watch other people move far from you, but Lord, when they're in that moment of heading totally away from you, you want us to go and rescue them. You want us to go into their world, to speak truth in love and gentleness and with all humility and grace to look inside of ourselves, make sure that things are okay in us before we launch out and speak truth to somebody else. But even with that, Lord, you you say, listen, look inside and figure out what's wrong and then go speak truth. Speak truth in love. So today, Lord, I pray for all of us that we would be courageous enough to do what you have done for us. We'd be courageous enough to speak truth to people when truth needs to be spoken. Lord, help us to love people who are outside the church. Help us to love people who are inside the church. Help us to point people who are on the outside of church towards you. Help us in the context of of church to hold each other accountable. Lord, one day we'll stand before you and we'll be grateful for all of eternity, for every truth that was spoken to us. So help us to be courageous. Lord, if there's someone here today that's on that path away from you, Lord, I pray that that they would have open ears. They would get beyond their defensiveness quickly and they would respond. They would turn. They would get back on track with you. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your greatest rescue mission ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just pray. Father, uh, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you that you came to our rescue, and God, that you are so good to speak into our lives, and God, that's who it is. It's you, and we just are so thankful that you care so much about us, and we thank you so much for this series and just learning more about how much you care, and so we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You may go ahead and uh, be seated. I just have uh, several announcements for you. Again, my name's Tim Jones. I'm one of the pastors on staff and expert Gungam style dance uh, expert or something. But anyways, um, but we have uh, something that we want you to check out. So check out this video. All right, so today our men's and women's groups are starting. So if you would like to join one of our men's or women's groups, uh, those begin today. Uh, The women's groups start at 4 o'clock today. There's a card in your seat. Um, It it will take place from 4 o'clock to 5.30 for eight weeks. And then the men's groups start tonight at 7 o'clock to 8.30. And both of them are going to be at Palm Coast Community Church. If you need directions, uh, just see myself or see someone at the Connection Center as well. Uh, That church has parking in the front and then also in the back, but we're actually going to go the back side of it. There will be directional signs saying Epic Church uh, to help you out and find that location as well. 
Um, these are starter groups. Once uh, we make it through these groups, then we are going to be starting up uh, uh, community groups for men and women. So we would love for, if you are interested in coming out for this series, we'd love for you to come to uh, either women's or men's groups as well tonight as well. And then um, yesterday, about 50 of you braved a little bit of cold. It wasn't as cold as this morning, but went out and you went gleaning. You went to some citrus groves and uh, you picked tons of citrus. In fact, you picked a ton and a half, almost 3,000 pounds yesterday. So yeah, give it up for those guys. So you did an amazing job, and it was really awesome because all of that citrus we brought from Palaka all the way back to our area, and it is going to be distributed to those families who are in need in our community right here. And so you did an amazing job yesterday. If you saw some of the citrus uh, on the way in, please take a bag, uh, take some of it. There's extra bags. You can take some out, maybe take it to your neighbor, take it to someone that you know might need it. Um, But it's there for you to take uh, today after the service. So thank you guys so much for doing that as well. And then next week is daylight savings time. So if you come at your regular time, you'll be really early for the second service. Um, and that's no problem, but just realize uh, you'll be really early for the second service. Uh, so that begins next week as well. And then also next week we are beginning a new series called Lost. It is a great series uh, leading up to Easter. And so you will definitely want to come. You'll definitely want to invite a friend to come to that as well. And so we'll be getting that new series next week. And then if you call Epic your home, um, God says, hey, we talked about serving today. He also says, give of your resources so that the things that we do in this community, we can do. And so God says for us to give a portion of our giving back to him. So there's two ways that you can do that. Um, At the end of each section, there's a giving box or online at www theepicchurch.com as well. Well, we're so glad that uh, you guys came today. If you are new and would like to have more information about who we are, just stop by the Connection Center. Um, If you filled out one of those uh, forms for serving, see Angie again at the Connection Center, and she will get you connected to those areas and get you in that process and beginning to serve as well. So thank you so much for being here today, and say hi to someone that you don't know. Uh, Maybe just run into them and say, oh, How are you doing? And that's it. Well, have a great week, and we'll see you next week.